Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how they create. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. Hello, beautiful artist. Today's episode is one that we are both really excited for. And I know that we say that for every episode, but I mean, like, why would we do these episodes if we weren't excited about it? So it makes sense. Today, Lauren is going to interview Crystal from A Year of Creative Habits and Tori from Fox and Hazel. They're going to be talking about creative habits and challenges. These amazing artists are sharing their wisdom about creative challenges, how you can start your own where to find inspiration, how to push through when you don't feel like it, and the benefits of daily creating. Don't forget to check out the freebies for this episode because they are awesome. Crystal has shared a 365-day printable tracker that you can print out and make sure that you are on board with your creative habit every single day for a year. And then the lovely Tori is sharing 20 watercolor prompts to get you painting. And that's your own little creative challenge. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to How She Creates. Today we're talking all about creative habits and challenges. Today I'm interviewing Crystal from A Year of Creative Habits and Tori from Fox and Hazel. They're going to share all about their creative challenges, how you can start your own creative habit, where to find inspiration, and much, much more. Ladies, do you want to start out by introducing yourselves for us? Uh, so I'm Tori. Uh, I'm the artist owner, I guess, behind Fox and Hazel. Um, I am also a mother and a wife. <laughs> um, I started Fox and Hazel just over a year ago as a print shop where I sell my online artwork. And then it sort of evolved into um, more than that. Um, I've been art journaling. Um, I do watercolor challenges. Uh, Fox and Hazel encompasses everything I do that's creative, basically. Um, and I'm Crystal, uh, Crystal Moody. About three years ago, I started um, something called Year of Creative Habits, where I did a little drawing each day um, for a whole year. And then that snowballed into a painting a day and some other kinds of things. Um, and so now it's kind of what I do. So Awesome. So... We wanted to have you guys on today because of your creative challenges that you do and how important it is for artists and for makers to make every day and to make consistently. And so, Tori, I know you do a couple of different really awesome creative challenges. And Crystal actually, as she said, runs a whole program called A Year of Creative Habits that I've actually been a part of this year. And it has been so incredibly beneficial for me. And so we're excited to have them talk a lot more about that. Can you ladies tell us your creative story of kind of how you found creativity and found your specific brand of creativity? So I've been creative forever since I was a kid. You know, I was the one messing around with everything under the sun, paints, drawing, whatever, you know. And so I did that for a long time. And I had a really great art teacher in high school who really fostered my creativity and my art journey. And then um, I got married really young and that sort of took a backseat for a few years. And my creativity manifested in sort of housewife duties where I thought, you know, baking, cooking, crafting, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it was only recently, probably in the last, I would say, four years that I've sort of reignited my creative habits. Um, the birth of my first daughter was really what sparked it was, you know, I started sewing for her. 
you know, wanted to make baby stuff and cute stuff. And then, you know, sewing was fun, but I got bored of it really quick. And so I quickly kind of put that aside and didn't know what to do. And, and then I actually found um, Get Messy um, and started art journaling. And I tried it in previous years and it just never really fit. And so um, Get Messy was really the catalyst for reigniting my creative journey and opening my print shop and start creative challenges and to be more actively involved in a creative community and encouraging others in their creative journeys. Yeah, we love having Tori a part of Get Messy and her creative habits and her creativity is really amazing. And we love um, the inspiration that it sparks for us and for other people. Uh, Crystal, what about you? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, like a lot of kids, I was creative too. Um, but then I think about middle school or high school, I stopped Um I think a lot of kids do in middle school when your drawings don't start, don't look like what they're supposed to look yeah. like or as good, you know, as realistic as you want them to. But then there was that. And then there was also um, the message that maybe kids who got good grades should do other things and not be in art was kind of the message that I was given. And, you know, oh, you can do other things. So don't don't waste your time on art. Um, and so I stopped um, and then I got back into it. Um, in college, but even then I was kind of like, oh, well, I can't really take this seriously, um, because it's only for certain people. And so there was always that sort of message there. Um, and so even though I got back into it and I got a degree in art, I, I didn't really make my own. I only just taught kids and things like that. Um, so I, I was in my late thirties before I really got back into making every day. So I think we all kind of take breaks from it and then we come back and we rediscover things and we learn things about ourselves um but i think you know the, the messages about creativity are they really kind of have to change overall because a lot of kids are getting the message that um you know it's only for creative people and not everybody is that way and so i think that's one of the things i work on changing is that message that it's for everybody oh my goodness that is fascinating that you have an art degree and you still felt like that because <laughs> i feel like in the creative yeah. world you know for people where we are now we're like oh we should go back and get you know our art degree but like it's not the end all be all to making you the creative person nope still the same messages in college that you know only certain people can be the actual illustrators and maybe you should just teach art was the message that i got <laughs> So I so agree with that, Crystal, because my intentions in high school was to actually go on to get an art degree and then get a teaching degree because I was told that, sure, you can get an art degree, but it's totally useless. So you might as well get a teaching degree <laughs> to make sure that you can do something with that degree. Yeah. So I totally agree that even having an art degree, it's still, it doesn't seem very validating. Yeah. You know, when I was going to college, I wanted to major in something artistic and I didn't know anything. And because I know like I'm not like a fine art painter, but so I was like, okay, maybe interior design. But that was like the only art degree I could figure out. And and then I was like, I don't I don't know what to do with that. And so I like obviously switched my major. And so I love that now there is so much information out there and people, you know, doing things like this and saying, like, you don't have to have an art degree or you can get an art degree and then still do something in the creative field. It doesn't have to be teaching. That is a really great message. Um. So will you ladies tell us about your creative challenges that you do? Tori, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I have a, 
I have a personal one and I have a public one, I guess. <laughs> and the fact that, um, so my public one, um, I started it in the spring of earlier this year is, um, uh, so my print backstory is that my print shop is, um, all watercolor, uh, artwork and hand lettering. And, um, I know that for me in between making art for my shop that I wasn't, um, consistently spending time every day practicing my watercolor skills. And, I wanted to be, but you know, I wasn't being very proactive about it. It was sort of, well, I need a new print for the shop and I'll spend time doing this. And so, um, and I know it's really popular and lots of people want to know how to do it. Um, and so instead of like going about it in a way that was like a formal class that you had to buy and follow and stuff was I started, um, informally called 30 days of watercolor. And basically what it was, was a list of simple challenges or sorry, not challenges, um, prompts for people to follow, to practice watercolor painting. And it's like basic, uh, I think the first set was things like red one day, like literally anything that just get your paints out and paint, you know, the next day would be like triangles. <laughs> it's really easy stuff. And the intent was for people who are, have been intimidated by taking a watercolor class or starting with watercolors could have the confidence that, you know, it was easy to approach and it was easy to do. And there was no pressure to deliver a really beautiful product at the end that if all you did was spend 10 minutes and made some squiggles on a page, that was still better than making nothing. I started that in the spring and I took a bit of a break over the summer because summertime is always kind of crazy. And it's, we're just finishing up a month right now for October. And then there'll be another one in December actually. So, but it's, yeah, it's, I just run it on my Instagram account and that's the best part is that there's no special group to be a part of. All you have to do is just, hashtag it with Fox and watercolor. And then there's a great community of mostly women out there that are encouraging each other and uh, like cheering each other on and being really supportive. And these people's trying to figure out how to do watercolors basically. Yeah. I love the Fox and watercolor hashtag. It is really, really beautiful. I, I agree that your prompts are very simple. And so I participated in the very first one. And I loved it. And I, you know, I did all of them because it was so simple. And I think I just did like three by three cards because, you know, just red is, is so simple to do. But when I look at the hashtag, I am amazed at what people will paint with just red or just triangles. People get really, really creative. So totally. There's such a wide range of talent on there. Like there's some people that are very skilled and then I think, and they're really good in the fact that people who, you know, are more advanced, they've really taken on the, the role of encouraging those who are new, which I re- like, I didn't have to force that, which is amazing that there's all these women who just want to support and encourage other women in their artwork. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, it, it is such a great hashtag and you're right. And it's, people are very, very encouraging. You know, I've made tons of new Instagram friends through the hashtag and it's such a, like a niche hashtag that you know exactly what you're going to get when you look on Fox and watercolor hashtag, because it's just all going to be watercolor and pretty much everyone's kind of doing the same thing. So you can get really good inspiration and ideas for what you can do on there. Um, and you have another challenge that you do. Oh yes. Um, so that was my public one. Like it sounds funny calling it public. But um, my personal one is um, at the beginning of the year, I decided to take on uh, the project of doing one tiny art journal every month for the whole year. And so the stipulation was that it couldn't be bigger than three inches by four inches. So, you know, tiny. (laughs) And I just finished in August. I did my smallest one to date and it's only an inch by an inch big. And so 
that I wanted to challenge myself. Because previously to that, I'd always worked in like a really large format in my art journals, you know, eight and a half by 11 or, you know, around that size. And so I decided that I wanted to challenge myself to see what I could make on a really tiny scale. So we've fallen in love with making tiny art journals. <laughs> I have a whole stack of them sitting waiting to be filled in my office. <laughs> so it's been super fun. And, and I've actually, like I share it every month on my blog and I post on Instagram and it's titled a tiny series, um, a year of art journals. And I get like an amazing response from it. I think it's really encouraged a lot of other people to try and break out of their usual format, especially in art journaling to try a new size or a new medium or a new format that would, they normally wouldn't consider. So, yeah, I think People need to go look. We'll have pictures in the show notes because when you say a tiny art journal, this one by one, you think, oh, it's just it's just red. But they're beautiful and they're they're so intricate and so detailed and there's so much in each page that I, I can't believe when I'm looking at them in pictures that they are only one by one inches or, you know, two by three or however big they are. It's you can do a lot of really cool things in just the one by one size. And that's so great because it's so quick and easy. Well, and the amazing part is I was convinced that when I started this project that it would go fast because they were so small. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's amazing how much detail I can fit into a small page that it still takes me an entire month to finish one, even if there's only 20 pages in it. You know, it's only maybe two inches by three inches, but you start to realize that just because it's tiny doesn't mean that you can't fit that amount of intricate detail in there. It just means that you have to sort of approach it in a different way than you normally would have, but yet you could make them just as time-consuming as a larger art journal would be. Do you feel like you approach it more intentionally because it's only an inch and if you mess up, that's the whole inch? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm very... And, and I try with each month to do... Like my other art journals are sort of like sort of willy-nilly all over the place, but each month I try to adhere to a theme. And it'll either be a theme of what the um, content is, like so like... Um, I did one that was sort of like a feminist girl power one. And then other months, like the one I did in August, I stuck to a really limited palette. I only did black, white, and metallics. So the content was different, like what I wrote and stuff, but yet the overall appearance of it was in a really limited palette. And so you have to really consider your pages more because you only have a couple inches <laughs> and you're trying to make a coherent theme throughout the whole thing, right? So yeah. those are, they are just so cool. They blow my mind every time you post a new one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Crystal, I know. So you've been doing this for three years. So can you tell us about your different uh, creative habits that you've done? Sure. Um, the first time, the first year that I started out, I wasn't making anything and I couldn't even really force myself to make anything. I was, the fear was there and um, I, I don't know. You, you just sit down and look at the blank page. And so that first year I just did a small sketch in a sketchbook each day. Um, I tried to make it like 10 minutes, you know, through the year it might get longer, like to 20 or 30, but it didn't have to be. And so the idea was, is just um, as easy as possible. Just get it done, get over yourself, get something on the page. Um, and so that first year I really made a point of, don't miss a day, a whole year. Don't miss a day. And I didn't. Um, and they're terrible, but it was all about, um, you know, building that habit of you can do this, you can show up to the page, um, you know, you can make something and some days they'll turn out and some days they won't. Um, but that a whole year was just about 
showing up and figuring this out. Um, and it really gave me a lot of confidence to go a whole year and not miss a day um, and to have, you know, a handful that I really liked. Um, so the next year I decided I was going to do a painting a day. And I start, I did six by six paintings, six by six inches. Um, I think I missed five days out of the whole year. And then I took the week, the last week of the year off. <laughs> so I, I still hit, um, most of the days and that was insane. I don't, I won't do a painting a day again, <laughs> but that was pretty crazy. Um, and then this year I, I haven't been as specific about what I'm going to make and just make sure that I'm spending, um, I, I spend at least an hour or two now, now that I've got the habit built up. Um, and I've had various challenges this year. Um, and then last year and this year, I've also started doing weekly challenges. Um, last year I did every, every Thursday I painted a rescue job rescue dog. Um, and I called it Thursday. Um, and so I had 50 by the end of the year. And then this year on Mondays, I'm painting someone who's died either recently or a while ago and I'm calling it Monday morning. And so I'm practicing portraits this year. And that's been really fun too. Um, I know it sounds depressing, but it's, it is actually a really, really good way to practice people, um, painting, uh, portraits. So it's been fun to do a mix of both daily challenges and weekly challenges, I think. Yeah. I'll say about your, your Monday morning project. Um, I actually have one. So you painted one for me and it's, yeah, it's right here beside me. It's one of my absolute favorite pieces of art I own just because it's so beautiful. It's so personal and yeah, I I just love it so much. Um, so, and I think they're great and they're just so different. Um, they're not, people will, will, again, will have links and, and photos of them because they're just not what you necessarily would expect when you say I painted a portrait. Um, and I love to see the evolution of them, you know, as I've seen, you know, like the first one that you posted and now we're almost at the end of the year, how different and more experimental you're being with them. Yeah. Well, you get bored and so you change for sure. Uh, but you also improve and I think your skills get better, but by the end, I'm just completely sick of them. I'm almost to that point, but, but, uh, yeah. But are you going to we'll finish see. them? Oh, of course you yeah. can't go back now. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's the, I guess the strength that you have now that you've been doing this for a few years that you can say, Oh, I, I couldn't quit no matter how much I don't like oh. it or <laughs> Not that you don't well, like it. it, it yeah. It, but, and you also, you find ways to tweak it. So you do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if you, if you absolutely hate something, then change it, but don't quit. Exactly. Exactly. I think that is my struggle with challenges is I get too like in the box focused and I struggle to see how I could change it to make it better. Can you tell us how you went about setting up your challenges? Like what your thought process was, how you got to, okay, I'm going to do a, you know, portrait on Monday. Um, well, before I did the portraits, I was very um, thoughtful about setting up my challenge. I think when I, before I even got started with year of creative habits, I bet I spent almost all of December, like thinking through, how is this going to work? What am I going to do on January 1st? And how am I going to get started? And, um, you know, what, how am I going to be successful about this? And I, I was really cerebral and really thought things through. Um, but then when I, after a year of it and kind of getting the 
the feel for things, I don't put quite as much thought into it. I just, the only, the main thought I try to put into it is, is this topic or challenge broad enough that it will hold my interest for a long time? And, and are there lots of angles in which to approach this challenge? Because I think that's what makes a good challenge is if it's too narrow, then you get bored. But if it's too wide, then you don't know what to do. So you got to find the happy medium there. Mm-hmm. Tori, what about you when you were choosing your art journal project? How did you decide? Um, well, I had actually been in a, I guess, a group chat with some other people from Get Messy and they were discussing New Year's resolutions. <laughs> And I am typically not someone who ever makes a New Year's resolution because I know within the first 10 days I will break it and I will never go back to doing it again. So I was sort of trying to avoid it. But yet I liked the idea of resolving to do something that was creative. That appealed to me more than, you know, the typical every day or, you know, read X amount of books or whatever. And so as we started talking about it, um, it really came down to wanting to find a way to challenge myself, you know, to me, I guess I like the idea of doing something that's difficult to some degree. You know, I'm not going to pick something that's totally out of my scope of abilities, but yet I liked the idea of doing something I had never done before. And so, like I said, was I've always had previous to that had always worked in large formats for art journaling. And so the idea of doing something really tiny appealed to me. And I was sold as soon as I thought of it, <laughs> that I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And doing it once a month, then the idea of doing something every day that was committed uh, medium or format, just because I have two small kids at home and life is busy. And so I knew I couldn't do something every single day, particular challenge or one particular. Yeah. So the idea of giving myself a month to do it waited the last three days to do it then I still could check it off as I'd done it <laughs> yeah so that's okay for you if you don't get to it until the end of the month it doesn't have to be a month-long event that you're working on yeah I'm actually I'm actually behind right now <laughs> I'm a month behind <laughs> well, I just finished my August one and I'm like three quarters of the way through my September and October ones so that part of it was I had to early on sort of let go with the idea of the end of every month but if as long as at by the end of the year i've made 12 tiny art journals then that to me is equivalent to spending an entire year creating them i'm a little bit behind but to me it's still i'm still achieving the goal that i set out by trying to create these things so that they're complete by the end of the year Yeah, I think that's great. A great way to look at it, you know, instead of, you know, I have to do this every day and putting that pressure on yourself, but, you know, having the numerical goal of 12, you know, because 12 over a year doesn't sound as intimidating and as overwhelming. Um, You said that you try to choose something that challenges you, um, but is still within your wheelhouse. I really agree with that. I think um, when I, when I started out doing a sketch a day, I only did that because I thought I couldn't draw. Um, and so then I, you know, then I switched to dogs and then I went to people because people are really hard to paint. And so I I think that's part of it too, is really finding something that will push you to grow. Um, but not something that you've never, ever done before, but, but definitely something to stretch your abilities. But what would you do if for the first, like you really were committed and then two or three weeks in, you were like, I am the absolute worst drawer 
in the whole world and it's just not getting better and it's just so defeating what would what would you do i i think i could say yeah i mean you'd start copying i think i think i would copy different people that i like until i found something that fit with me um i think copying is fine i think maybe you change to abstract drawing if you're really frustrated with um the realism part of it, you know, maybe you do patterns or maybe you do, um, you know, something that's not so realistic. Um, I just think it's about keep, keep hammering away from different angles and different, you know, different, or maybe you try a different material. Maybe you're good at drawing with a paintbrush or I, I just think it's about persistence, you know, and you just haven't found the right thing yet. Oh, I love that. That's such, such good advice because like I said, I, w- I would just quit. And so that's so great to, to think, you know, to push yourself to keep thinking, how else could I do this? How else could I do this? How else? And to look at it from all those different angles until you can figure out one that really does fit with you. Um, you're so wise. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> um, so well, to add on to that. I was going to say, just to add on to that, I think the other uh, the other idea of it is sort of uh, giving yourself permission to some degree to break the rules when you do challenges. You know, I think sometimes like you're saying, Lauren, like you can get really in the box, like this is what I'm doing and this is what the challenge is. And I have to adhere to this unspoken set of rules I've created for myself is what I deem acceptable as this challenge. And I think sometimes we have to let go of those ideas. We have to say, you know, what does drawing really constitute? It doesn't mean I have to put pencil to paper. It could be a million different things that could still qualify as drawing. Or like for my watercolor challenge, you know, some people could take it to the point where they only paint objects or scenery or they just do patterns. And I, I've never laid out a rule that said you have to do this. It's basically however you want to interpret it. And I think sometimes if we feel stuck in a challenge, it's giving ourselves permission to interpret it in a new way and to let go of the constructs that we've built for ourselves. Yeah, I love that idea of permission. I mean, also give yourself permission to fail and to screw up and to improve. Um, and that's all part of the process. So I think there's a lot of permissions that we could grant ourselves that we don't. So. Oh, yeah. So with that, how do you guys feel or how do you find or create accountability? I know, you know, you can track, you can share online. What are, how, how do you guys do that? When I started, I shared online every single day and that was my accountability. And even though nobody was following me, I just pretended that they were, you know, and that like, you know, those 12 followers, they're really waiting for my photo and I have to get it done before 9 a.m. Or, you know, they're going to be bugging me about it. You know, you just fill your head with stuff like that, even though it's not true, but it helps. Um, And then I think after a while, it just becomes what you do. And it's more about not letting yourself down than it is about letting anybody else down. But it takes, it probably took me a year and a half to get to that point of, um, uh, of it being more about not letting myself down than, than just not letting the project down or not letting, you know, pretending that someone cared. I so agree with that. I also, um, I know that for me when I first started, like before I really got into like a daily creative habit, um, the thing that really kickstarted it was doing the get messy habit which was committing to, you know, making a page every single week within the Get Messy seasons. And I remember I had signed up and I messed around forever and didn't make a page. And finally said like, oh my gosh, I need to commit to something or else I'm just going to waste my time and not do anything or never get started. 
But like Crystal said, eventually at some point it evolved into not wanting to let myself down and also wanting to feel, I guess, productive to some degree too. Like I like seeing the result every day of something that I've done that's creative, that I have something to show for it. Or if, even if it's, you know, designing a, a print or if it's, you know, spending 10 minutes sketching in a sketchbook or whatever it is, but it's just knowing that I've done something to be creative for the day that alone enough now, you know, a couple years later is enough to drive me. Um, so what would you say to someone who was not totally sure that they are ready to commit to one thing for a full year? What are your, what would your advice be on making smaller challenges? I would say, I think I've heard this advice about flossing. If you want to floss your teeth and you're not a good at flossing your teeth, you start by flossing one tooth. Um, and so that's kind of how I approached it was that you make whatever your challenge is so simple and so easy that you'd feel dumb if you didn't do it. You'd just be irritated with yourself. I mean, it needs to be that easy in the beginning, I think, or you are setting yourself up for failure. So start out with something just so simple, like a photo a day or, um, you know, just something really simple that if you didn't do it, you'd be like, oh, come on, Crystal, how can you not take a photo today? I mean, and so and then once you do that for like 10 days or 30 days or whatever you want to set it up to be, your your confidence grows and you're then you're ready for the next challenge. Bring it on. And and so then, you know, then maybe you do a drawing a day or whatever it is that you're into. But you just you got to build in those little little steps like that. Um and it takes a long time and, you know, it, it doesn't just happen. You don't just go from making, not making anything to making lots of stuff. Um, you're just, you're not even used to it. Like the other day I was realizing, you know, I work six hours some, sometimes now it was three years ago. I couldn't make myself work 15 minutes. You know, it takes time and you have to learn how to do that. And I couldn't have done it before because I just didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't even know what to do. Um, so baby steps, you know, just floss one tooth, <laughs> just make it really, really simple. I so agree with Crystal. Like, I think sometimes when we approach these ideas of a year long challenge, I think people uh, overlook or forget that there is like a, a quite a degree of discipline that goes with it. You know, it's not just going to happen every day sporadically in the beginning. You know, you really have to either have the commitment or the discipline to doing it. And then eventually it becomes habit, but like everything, a habit is not a habit. Initially a habit, you know, starts out by forcing yourself to do it every day. And, and like Crystal said, it sometimes maybe it's the idea of even just giving yourself a week. Like if I can do this every day for a week, you know, I can draw every day for a week. I can paint every day for a week, you know, and then you tack on another week or, you know, like that's why I made my watercolor challenges only 30 days long. Cause it's 30 days can seem long, but yet few people or quite a few people can still find it achievable because it's only a month, you know, and they can choose to do it again for the next month or they could choose to skip it for a month if they want to. But I think it's just knowing that it's not going to happen spontaneously. It's having discipline and knowing that you just kind of have to force yourself to do it <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, totally. And I love that idea of, you know, starting out for a week and, you know, if it goes well, then add another week on. And then, you know, so you don't have to commit to the full year, um, but you can kind of build on it as it, as you go. And that kind of relieves some of that pressure. So what are the benefits of creating daily or creating a habit or a challenge for yourself versus just, you know, showing up when you feel like it? 
I think you see bigger growth in your skill set or like your um, abilities. Like for me, I think the biggest growth I've seen as an artist has been the last year and a half or two years when I've committed to spending time every day doing something creative. And it's not necessarily always in the same uh, medium or the same format. Like it can vary from doing your way down to drawing to whatever sewing. But the point is, is that I've seen like my skill set dramatically gotten uh, get better, I guess, over that time frame. Yeah, I think so. And then, um, of course, if, if I didn't say I was going to work today, I wouldn't. I mean, I, it's just easier to say, no, I'm not going to do it. And I wouldn't. Um, so there's yeah. that. But then there's also, you don't know what you're going to get. Even if you're not in the mood, you might make your best piece today. And you just never know. Um, when I started, I was really inspired by my daughter. She was like three at the time. And she had these huge stacks of artwork. And we were sorting through them one day. And we had like the good pile and the trash pile and the maybe you know, let's think about a pile or whatever. But we were like sorting through them and the piles were like a foot tall. And I'm just like, look at all this stuff she's made. And she doesn't even spend any time on it. She just makes it. And it was just sort of inspiring. You know, if I made as much stuff that she had, if I worked a little bit every day and made that much stuff, I'd have a pretty big good pile too. I'd have a big bad pile, a big trash pile, but the good pile would, would have some in it, you know, and if you're not making anything, then you don't have a good pile because you're not making anything. Um, so I think it's just about showing up and if, if I don't force myself to, I don't show up. And then just let's see what you're going to get. Maybe it's one for the good pile. Maybe it's one for the bad pile. But you never know until you start. So I still agree with that. Yeah. And so are you saying we have permission to throw away stuff we don't like? Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm tear it up. In, yeah. I'm a firm <laughs> believer in that you have to make a lot of really ugly stuff before you get any good stuff. You know, like I have... I probably throw away three times as much stuff as I keep. <laughs> I swear, you know, just various projects and sketches and pages that I've covered or whatever. But you'll never, like Crystal is saying, you'll never get a good pile unless you're willing to do the work to get all that bad stuff before you get to the good stuff. <laughs> right. I don't throw it away because I work on wood usually, but yeah, I'm, I'm with the sander and I'm sanding off layers, yeah. um, gessoing <laughs> over. Um, yeah. So I'm lucky that I can reuse, but yeah, all the time. I mean, I've got a dog painting, sanded off to a purple people painting, sanded off to something else. It happens. So where do you find inspiration to keep going though? Like you said, once you've made 10 journals, once you've made 45 portraits, how do you keep going? Like where, where are you turning to when you're saying, you know, I'm totally done. I'm out of ideas. I can't, I don't know what to do now. Um, I think for me, there's two, like inspiration for me always comes from research, from reading, from going to the gallery, from like filling the well, filling me up with new stuff. Um, whether I'm at the barn, if I go to Barnes and Noble or I go to my library, you know, just, or even like go camping, do something to kind of fill the well up with images, take photos. Um, that's inspiration stuff. I'm most inspired when I'm researching other artists. I do that a lot and I get a lot of inspiration from that. But as far as keeping going, part of it's habit, but also like, right, as we get ready to go into a new year, 
that's very exciting for me because I'm going to be changing, you know, finishing one project and starting a new one. And there's just nothing more exciting than finishing something. And then what am I going to do next? So, you know, at that, at the beginning of a year or at the end of the year, those are not hard times to keep going. It's, you know, mid July that I have a hard time maybe going, but, but yeah. I actually, um, in terms of inspiration, where I find a lot of it is Instagram, which I know sounds kind of funny, I guess, to some people, but um, I've spoken about it before. But like, I I know some people use Instagram so they can follow their friends and, you know, whatever and stuff. Um, but over the last year, I really curated my Instagram to be almost solely artists that I want to follow and that I like. And so I find myself more often than not on Instagram, scrolling through artwork, being super inspired by seeing what other people are creating. And uh, I actually take a lot of screenshots (laughs) to save on my phone for ideas for later. And, you know, I know some people think, oh, well, that's not very original or, you know, that's not whatever. But I am totally in the camp of still like an artist, because even if you're stealing it, it will never turn out like that artist. You know, you'll never be able to 100% totally replicate what they're doing. And I never directly copy anything, but you know, you might think, oh, I like that color palette from that painting that person did and I want to use it in something else. So then you have a photo reference that you can refer back to. And so I find Instagram to be a great place, even more so than Pinterest and blogs and stuff like that. Cause it's sort of at your fingertips and easy to get to. <laughs> but, uh, and as for keeping going, I think... Uh, I think like Crystal said, it's really easy at the end of the year when you can sort of see the finish line and at the start of the year when you're excited about a new project. I know that summer for me is the worst. Like I never get anything done, it seems like, over the summer <laughs> or I do the bare minimum. <laughs> you sort of lose steam over it. But I think things for people who are who are new or starting a new challenge are a really good way to find that motivation in sharing it online. You know, if you're posting to Instagram a couple times a week or you have a blog, even if only 10 people read it, you know, knowing that you're putting it out there and somebody else is expecting it can be a great way to sort of find that motivation and to keep pushing for it, even in the moments that you're not feeling very motivated to get anything done. So what would be your top tips for someone who is, you know, it's the beginning of the year or just the beginning of the month or beginning of, you know, the new season or whatever stage of life that they're in, they, that they like to measure it by? Because, you know, I work at a school and so my year runs from August to, to June. And so starting things in January for me is I'm like counting down to the finish line in my life. You know, it's, it's not a good time for me to start things. So I definitely don't want people to think that you can only do challenges starting on January 1st. Um, But so what would your best tips be for people who are getting started? I know there are people that just start at the drop of a hat, you know, oh, they're so inspired and they're just going to start today. I'm not one of those kind of people. Um, I spend a few days. I mean, I make sure that I have the materials. I make sure that I've got a place I'm going to work on whatever it is. And I make sure, you know, I, I buy the supplies. I make sure that I can't say, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to draw. I, you know, I have reference materials or whatever it is. I just make sure that I have everything that I need because what will happen is I'll sit down and go, well, I got to go to the library and get a picture of a raccoon so I can draw that today. And then I won't paint because I got to go to the library. Um, So I really spend at least like a week or so of really prep and say, you know, I'm going to make sure that there's no excuses 
you know, I'm not going to let myself have an out. Um, and so I really do spend a lot of time on that. And then every week or whatever, you know, maintaining that looking ahead, do I have all the supplies I need for a while? Because if you run out of, you know, if I say I'm going to do a six by six painting and I run out of six by six panels, then that kind of messes up my project. It's not that I can't change or pivot, but it gives me that excuse to quit. And so the big thing for me, I think is really setting myself up for success in the beginning and then remembering that I can change that if, if I do, you know, something doesn't go right or whatever, that that's okay. I can switch this or I can tweak it or I can start tomorrow and it really is okay. So I I think I kind of do both sides of the coin of don't, don't let myself get any excuses. And then if there is something, okay, let's just alter it a bit and make it work. We'll figure this out. Stay calm. But, um, I think those are my two biggest ones. Those are great. I think, uh, my biggest tip, I guess, would be is, uh, especially if you're someone, I guess like it depends how far you are. You know, if you're someone like Crystal, who's been doing it for a few years of every single day, you know, she can, she can make the judgment of what's in her wheelhouse and how much she can spend in a day doing it. And you know, what she can realistically achieve. And for beginners, you know, I think, I think a really good piece of advice is to not be overly ambitious. You know, don't take on something that, you know, you're going to fail in the first week because it's going to be so much work or it's going to require a skill set you haven't developed yet. And I think sometimes people have, you know, like we were saying earlier, this lofty dream of, oh, it's just going to happen and I'm going to be great. And it's going to, you know, just sort of spontaneously happen. But I think if you can look at it, like I know for me, I'm like, you know, I have a two and a half and a four year old at home and a third on the way. So like, I have to be very realistic about like what I can actually achieve with the limited time I have. You know, I would never be able to do something like Crystal's doing because I wouldn't have the time in a day. I'm lucky if I have a couple hours set aside for everything I need to do in a day. So something like my girls was a realistic goal because I gave myself an entire month to do it. You know, I said, well, if it's a whole month, I could do it in the first week or I could do it in the last week. It'll still get done, but I can fit it where I need it. So I think for beginners, it's just being really honest with yourself about how much you can actually commit to it so you don't fail because you've set yourself up to fail. Yeah, I I totally agree about it being manageable. Um, The first year that I started and I was doing a 15-minute drawing, my goal was to not miss a day. That was my goal. So think about that. Do you want to do this thing on vacation? Because that's what it means to not miss a day is to do your 15 minute drawing on vacation. Do you want to do it when you have the stomach bug? Because I did. Um, And so, you know, you have to think about it. Is it manageable for every day of the year, weekends, week, you know, and and that's fine if it's not, but make sure you plan it that way. You know, maybe it's only a weekday project or, you know, plan ahead and think about these things, or maybe you're not interested in not missing a day and that's fine, but think about it. Well, what are you interested in? Are, you know, are you going to take a week off for vacation or are you going to take four weeks off? You know, think ahead because if you allow it to go, if you wait until you get to that point, it's just so easy to say, well, I'm on vacation. And then when you come back from vacation, you don't start again. So make it manageable and think ahead of, you know, however long the the challenge is going for what could happen in that time. Everybody gets sick. I have kids too. Yeah. And most of us have kids. So think about that too. I mean, I have two kids. What about if they get sick and you've got it? So yeah, definitely make it manageable and think ahead to all that stuff. Cause you just never know. And, or, you know, or give yourself an out. Um, 
when I did a painting a day, I said, I'm going to miss this many days and I'm going to save them for emergencies, just like a sick day I would or something like that. But I'm that structured kind of person that has to set up those rules in advance or I, mm-hmm. I just go off, go crazy with them if I don't. That's a great idea, Crystal. I like the idea of like giving yourself like sick days for your challenges that you can <laughs> yeah. a lot and like know that you can take them if you need them. That's a good idea. Yeah. These are such good tips and it's such also freeing permission because I'm, like I said, I'm such an in the box thinker. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I said every day. So, you know, every day it is, or, you know, I've failed already because I missed one day. Um, So, yeah, I love these tips. Thank you guys so much for sharing with us. Um, Now, Tori, I know you're going to be on maternity leave, but can you tell us where we can find your old challenges if we wanted to go through and use them to start ours for ourselves? Yes. Um, so you can go to foxandhazel.com and um, there's a tab that says, I think it just says watercolor challenges and um, you'll find all of the previous uh, 30 day challenges archived there as well as some former uh, paintings. And you can also, uh, if you're on Instagram, just use the hashtag Fox and watercolor. Watercolor is spelled with a U in it because I'm Canadian. <laughs> just make sure you know. <laughs> and, um, and you can see what everyone else has contributed. I have... Um, where, you know, lots of people do go back and do old uh, prompts from previous months because, you know, some may appeal to others. And so I would really encourage everyone to either go on the blog or to check it out on Instagram. And you can also just check my profile out on Instagram. It's just Fox and Hazel. And usually I'll have something I'm sure in there that will be Fox and watercolor related. Perfect. And now, Crystal, like we said at the beginning, you have a whole comprehensive program for people who want to do challenges like this. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how we can join it? Sure. Um, Yeah, for me, I just work with people on how to set up their own challenge um, in their own media. Um, So there are people who are doing embroidery and we have some doing painting and drawing and photography um, and writing, too. Um, So you know, any kind of creative habit, but I just work with you on how to set that up and how to um, just deal with all the things that come up along the way. Um, and so I have a, a course for that. Um, we have a website, a year of creative habits.com um, where we, we do some different things like book club and um, it's just kind of a support group. Um, we also share on Instagram with a year of creative habits. And so it's really a variety of creative things. Um, and then my work is at crystalmoody.com. Um, and I have all the challenges that I've done before there, like my first day, my Monday mornings, and my first year of creative habits where I did the drawing a day. So if you want to check out that too. Perfect. Yeah. Crystal has a really awesome site and most of that is free, right? The book club and things like that. Right. Yeah. Just the course is the only thing that's not, not free, but yeah, we do the book club and that's been really fun to read a book about creativity together and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I was telling Crystal this before, but her newsletter is one of my all time favorite newsletters um, because she always shares something about creativity and doing the work. But then Crystal, I don't know where you read where you get your reading from but all of the links you share are amazing and there's something i would have never found on my own in a million years and they're all related to creativity and habit building so how can we sign up for your newsletter uh, thank you uh yeah that's on my site at crystalmoody.com um i guess that's kind of one of my other habits is i send that out every monday and i really spend a lot of time on my newsletter um, hours so 
so yeah, but it's really fun. Um, I spend way too much time online looking for those links, but, but yeah, it's really fun to share it. Well, I super appreciate that. You can definitely tell that you put a lot of work and, and thought into that. And I love again, that it's so cohesive and, and, you know, so consistent. I know what I'm going to get from you. Um, Thank you. Well, thanks. Thank you, ladies, so much for chatting with me. This was such an encouraging episode, and I know that people are going to love it. And so you can get more information about them on our show notes at howshecreates.com. And we will see you next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to How She Creates. We would love to see how you create. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. Grab your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.